welcome to the Darkened Doorway podcast, your doorway to everything dark, crimey and weird. Hi Darklings and welcome to this episode of the Darkened Doorway. Today we're doing something a little bit, um, chewy. (laughs) Is that really the term that you want to do? You know what she just did to me? She won't tell me what we're talking about, but she sent me some photos Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I felt like you needed the photos to kind of prepare yourself. So today we're talking about the story of Iste Sagawa, who I'm going to call Pang because that's the name he was also known by and I can pronounce it properly, hopefully without mangling it too much. So he was actually a Japanese cannibal. So we're going to talk all about that one today. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. I thought you'd enjoy it because you did like Catherine Knight's case. I did. I well, I didn't, but I did. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, but I did. The skin yeah. curtain particularly was my. Yeah, and if you guys haven't, mm. if you haven't listened to the Catherine Knight episode, you need to go back and listen to it because yeah, she's like the Australia's version to Pang. So, but he actually was a little bit earlier than her. Pang was born on the twenty sixth of April, nineteen forty nine, in Kyobe, Japan. He came from a really wealthy family and his dad was actually a very successful businessman and his grandfather had been kind of this big wig in the editing world. So he had a really successful family, kind of like, you know, white collar workers, um, kind of rolling in money, the Gilmore Girls kind of family. Right. But, you know, from Japan. Okay. So he did have a bit of a rough start, though, health-wise. He was born very premature and was so small that apparently he was the size of his dad's hand. Wow. So he was born very early but survived, which was pretty pretty impressive at the time because it was 1949. Yeah. They didn't have the medical interventions we have now. So there wasn't a whole heap about his childhood, but in one interview he did admit that as a youth he committed an act of bestiality on a dog and also started to have some pretty horrendous and unique predilections. Okay. I'm grumpy. Leave the dogs alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. But anyway, he actually made it through school without anything like too crazy happening. And he attended Waco University in in Tokyo. Then he got a master's degree in English literature at the Kwansai Gakuen University. I'm so sorry if I'm mangling that. And this was kind of the time when Pang really started to show who he was. So when he was 24, he was at the Waco University and he says that this pretty tall German lady was walking home. So he saw her and he was like, oh, she's a bit of all right. So he decided to follow her. He then waited until she went to bed and had fallen asleep and he broke into her apartment. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, he wasn't actually that smart because his plan was that once he got into the apartment, he was going to sneaky, sneaky, cut off a part of her buttocks so he could eat it and then run away. Excuse me? Yeah, because, you know, having someone try to cut off your bum definitely wouldn't make you wake up. Was it going to be even or just just (laughs) a little bit? I think he was just planning on getting like a, maybe a little mouthful, like nicking it off her bum and running off. And so n- not using any like chloroform or anything, just kind of while she's asleep, just no. samurai sorting kind of slice kebab Yeah, style. just like take a little, a little slice off, off her bum. Right. Okay. To nibble on, on the way home. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, I, yeah, he didn't plan real well on this But one. he admitted that, right? 
Yes, he did. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll be quiet. Um, I'll listen. <laughs> Keep going. So unsurprisingly, though, that poor woman did actually wake mm-hmm. up and she was able to fight him off and push him to the ground. Was she injured? No, I don't think so. Didn't really say. Right. But there's a reason for that. Okay. So he was promptly caught by the police and he was actually charged with attempted rape because they didn't actually realise he had no intention of raping her. He just wanted to eat her. Oh, right. Okay. Now, you remember I told you that Pang's family were quite wealthy? Mm, No, he got off, didn't he? Well, they managed to get those charges dropped. Of course they did. And they reached a settlement with the German lady. Right. And it must have been a heck of a lot of hush money mm-hmm. because they basically put a gag order out. So we're not, we don't know any details about her. We don't know any of the thing, how much it was, anything like that. Nothing. Right. And he got off scot-free with nothing written about the fact that he tried to sneak in and get grab a little snacky that happened to be, you know, a lady's butt. Excellent. So... By this time, it was 1977, Mm -hmm. and Pang decided to pursue a PhD at the Sonbonne University in Paris, France. I'm guessing probably to get away from the area, because despite gag orders, we all know that gossip gets around. Mm -hmm. So he moved to France for his fresh start, and he later said that at this time, he would start bringing home prostitutes almost every night. And he would sit there and try to shoot them. But for some reason, he was not ever able to bring himself to actually pull the trigger. So all these prostitutes got away. But he did the things that he needed to do, like that he was paying them for? Or did they just sit there and chat? And he never said. But he he was going to shoot them. Right. Okay. Yeah. So his plan obviously was to shoot them and eat them. But he just couldn't pull the trigger for some reason. Okay. Great. Great. This feels like it's building up to you know yeah a monstrous way yeah you're suggesting that a perpetrator like builds up to more extreme levels of violence <laughs> well i never and there was a point where he could have been stopped what really yeah mm. i know like mm-hmm. shocking. Mm-hmm. shocking i mean just because daddy bailed him out and it ended very badly yeah but did it okay anyway good good okay Excellent. So after he went through this whole, I'm going to sleep with a whole bunch of prostitutes and and wave guns behind their backs without them seeing it, he seemed to calm down for a few years. Um, He continued with his studies. He did pretty well. But unfortunately, this wasn't going to continue. In 1981, on June the 11th. At at a specific time, here we go. It's going to be like (laughs) 6.37 p.m. She gets specific when bad things are about to happen. (laughs) Oh, who said who said bad things are going to happen? I don't have a time this time. Well, no bad things are going (laughs) to happen. That's right. But I do have a specific address, so maybe you're right. right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Pang invited a uni friend of his over called Renee Hartville. So she turned up at his house at 10 Rue Ellinger Street in Paris for dinner. And she didn't really have a clue what she was walking into because he was pretty normal at school, it seems. People didn't kind of pick up on the whole craziness of it all. And he invited her over so that they could translate some poetry and, you know, have dinner and stuff like that. Just a normal kind of. Quite romantic. um, I don't know if Renee felt that way, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Renee came to the house and he let her in 
where, as they discussed, she took a seat at the desk and started working on that poetry. So she's sitting there trying to focus on the poetry for their, you know, PhD. And she was sitting with her back to him. So she didn't notice that Pang had actually brought out a rifle. Oh. He lifted it up and he shot her in the neck. From my understanding. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. From my understanding, she died very quickly from that wound. So I guess that's kind oh, of a goodness. small blessing, like a very mm-hmm. small blessing. Okay. Very small. Right. Yeah. Now, Renee was five foot ten and Pang was four foot nine. So he knew that the chances oh. were in a fight, he would have got his ass handed to him. So he really did right. take a coward's like our way German out. Friend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he took a total coward's way out to kill this poor girl. Poor girl. And after he shot her, right. he actually fainted. Okay. Okay. Did he bop his head a little bit? Because that would make me a little happy. Do you think he got like the, the shotgun recoil and it smacked him out? <laughs> I hope so. That would be great. I hope it did. <laughs> little asshole. Anyway, once he woke up and realized that he'd successfully killed her, he then raped her corpse. Oh, lovely. Yeah, he's a charmer all round. Lovely, lovely. He also mm-hmm. tried really mm-hmm. hard to bite her skin, but he couldn't because his teeth weren't sharp enough. So he's decided to get dressed and headed out to buy a butcher's knife. You would have thought he would have thought that like ahead of time. He thought ahead to get the rifle, but not a knife. And ha- mm. Bizarre. Mm, so weird. Like kitchen knife? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't, if you're going to plan out a murder, surely that's one of the basics. And you're in another country and you've bought a rifle. Is it that easy to do? Maybe back then it was. I don't know if it would be anymore. I guess, you know, Mm. gun laws probably Mm. have tightened in the last couple of decades. Wow. So he did say in later interviews, though, that he chose Renee because she was kind of the polar opposite of him. She was healthy and beautiful and had like all the positive characteristics that he didn't have because he was quite ugly he was very unhealthy especially as a child and he's just a like generally a horrible person because i'm sorry you have to be if you're going to do stuff like that to another human being or any animal or anything like that right so he kind of thought if he ate her Mm. he might gain some of those virtues oh yeah you were gonna say that those virtues and her youthful energy because she was only 25 years old yeah yeah people have to learn You can't eat humans. First of all, the only thing you're going to get, guys, is constipated because we're not made to be cannibals. Well, also, no, but if you eat a cow, you don't get the cow traits. Okay, but how funny would it be? (laughs) It would be very amusing. Very amusing. So by that theory, we should have turned into chickens by now, (laughs) surely. (laughs) Mm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I would probably have turned into like a cupcake because of my deep appreciation for the baked arts. For sure, for sure. Or, you know, a a grass-loving cow, Mm. you know. Yeah. Mm. Oh, or a bar of chocolate. I could be going for the chocolate arts. Sorry, I'm turning this into like a Severa Snape thing. Now I'm concerned that we're thinking about food while talking about cannibals. Okay, we should move on. Mm Okay, yeah, true. Let's move on. (laughs) So Pang went out to get his knife and he came back home and he actually then got to work. So it's probably pretty late by now. So maybe his thought process still wasn't really getting there because essentially he butchered her body and started to eat parts of it. Cooking? And he actually ate. 
Well, I think he must have cooked it. I don't know. He actually ate heaps of it, though. He almost completely consumed her breasts, both of them. He ate parts of her face, her buttocks, her feet, her thighs, and her neck. Oh, why did I get weirded out by the feet? Oh, yeah, that's so. That is actually weird because I think it's because the little oh, bones in the toes. Yeah. Whoa! And he wasn't exactly master chefing here. Like he ate some of. Oh, yeah. So he did actually eat some of it hooked, but he also ate some of it raw. Okay. Right. Yeah. With but one of like the the really particularly horrible things he did, and this is just ew. So Renee was on her periods. So he bit off her clitoris and swallowed it whole because he didn't like the smell of the menstrual blood. So he just needed to down that real quick. Oh, look, and it is an achievement. A lot of men cannot find the clitoris, but. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that. Well, you're not wrong. Sorry. Sorry. I. mm, (laughs) Yeah. I am leaving that in, by the way, because that's, yeah. Guys, it's called the darkened doorway. Yeah. You you knew what you were yeah. getting into. Yep. Yeah, you did. We apologize. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, not sorry. No, sorry. That that was probably not yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The darkened doorway, okay. not the doorway of fluffy kittens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. True. That's not what we're about. True. Here. Although we do love them. We do. We Send do. me photos of your kittens. Mm-hmm. I really love them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he obviously wasn't able to finish her entire body. So he stored the other body parts in his fridge and he photographed her body at different stages of eating her so he could kind of remember it later, you know. Yeah. Mm. Now, unsurprisingly, the body eventually started to decompose as the body parts he didn't want to eat rotted in his apartment and he couldn't fit those bits in the fridge as well. He knew he needed to get rid of these before they got attention from the neighbours. So he put together a plan to dispose of the body parts. And that was to pack them into two suitcases and throw them in the nearby Bois de Boulogne. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Parks Lake. So he's also up for littering, guys. But guess what? He was actually caught in the act by the French police. Of dragging the suitcases there? trying to throw them in the lake he got caught straight away right (laughs) yeah wow so four days after this horrible act of cannibalism he was now in custody and had to be held to face the french courts please don't tell me daddy got him out again oh she's gone quiet daddy got him out again his his wealthy father once again stepped in and provided him with a lawyer to defend him but the French courts were actually able to hold him up for two years. So before his oh, case. Oh, just two years. Just two years. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it was just the two years before his case was actually heard. Okay. So once he finally got in front of a magistrate, though, they found him to be legally insane and unable to stand trial. So he was sentenced to remain in the care of a mental health facility indefinitely. He's got a master's and a degree. Really? Insanity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. I mean, I've been around a lot of people who have degrees and a lot of them I think would be qualified as a little bit insane. Just saying, looking at you. What? (laughs) What? Rude. (laughs) True. True. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So 
So anyway, obviously people were really interested in what happened to this guy um, and a Japanese author actually travelled to France. His name was Goki Yamoto. He came and interviewed him and then published an account of his crime in a title that he published called In the Fog. In the Fog. So, yeah, I think fog was meant to be like the mental illness or something. The insanity, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I can't read Japanese, so there's no way I'm going to read it. (laughs) and it was because of that that he ended up actually becoming kind of a celebrity in japan and that put some real pressure on the french government and they decided to deport his ass back to japan Uh, i was going to make a really inappropriate joke about deporting his ass back to japan but i will not i will refrain because you are restrained i am i am (laughs) yeah now remember now so he's been through court he was found not guilty because he's insane and they've dropped all mm-hmm. the charges and he's been held mm-hmm. in a mental health facility. So once mm-hmm. he arrived in Japan, they immediately put him in another mental health facility in Tokyo, which is not really that surprising. No. But things went a little bit different for him in Japan. His psychologist actually found out that he was sane. They theorised he murdered the victim due to sexual perversion and just being, and I quote, evil rather than mentally ill. Oh, I like that person. Mm. But here's the kicker. Because France had dropped those charges against him as he was unfit to stand trial, they had also sealed his records. So they couldn't provide them to the Japanese government, which, like, makes no sense to me whatsoever, but whatever's. So Japan now had no grounds to hold Pang. So on the 12th of August in 1986, Pang checked himself out of hospital and walked out a free man. And he never returned to prison or an institution ever again. Oh, wow. 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 That's fantastic. So after he left the mental health facility, he went on to be a frequently interviewed commenter and guest speaker for Japanese media he appeared in a porn film as a sadosexual voyeur. Oh. Who would even want to see that? Ew. <laughs> yep. I've, I've lost you. I've lost your words. You're done. <laughs> I broke you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> My face. <laughs> I just, I just. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No. Yep. Carry on. He even wrote a book about the murder he committed and another one about some child murders that actually happened in Kobe where his hometown was. Uh, That he did or? Hmm. Oh. Now, in a natural progression, he then became a restaurant reviewer for a Japanese magazine called Spa. Oh, come on, people. Honestly. I know. Really? Wow. (laughs) You can't help but laugh at this because oh. it is so ridiculous. Like, what were what, they thinking? What happened to Renee's family? Like, did they get I, I hush money or something? They got like, hush money. Honestly. I think they just got bitter hatred from what I can understand. It's oh my absolutely goodness. horrible what would have happened to them. I would have been furious. Oh. But eventually he did struggle to find work as there were no other publishers that were interested in publishing his work after a certain point. And that's basically what he did right up till 1997. He actually did almost get a job, though, apparently at a French language school when the manager was so impressed that he'd been ballsy enough to use his real name to apply. But that bright spark manager was thankfully shot down figuratively, not literally. 
by the protests of other employees. So I think that was fair enough on them to be like, yeah, no. Yeah, no, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) In 2005, his parents had always been supporting him and bailing him out of like the shit show that was his life. Mm -hmm. They actually passed away. It didn't say how, but he was actually prevented from attending their funerals. And I'm guessing because he probably brought a fair whack of shame on his family by this point. But he did go and settle all the family's debts and ended up in community housing because all the money had gone now. Um, And he was interviewed again by a magazine called Vice in 2011. And apparently he said, and this is just, just so lovely, that being forced to make a living after being known as a cannibal and murderer was a terrible punishment for him. <laughs> Poor baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You see all my sympathy yeah. here? Yeah. See, yeah, I think the terrible punishment should have been, you know, that bull um, torture from, you know, back in the early hundreds. Oh, yeah. The iron bull. Yeah, the iron bull. Where they bull. shove them in the bull and they light and a they fire light a fire. Underneath yeah. Them and they cook inside. I think that would have oh. been appropriate. And, mm. Yeah. And you know, with those bulls, they actually made the steam come out their nose. So it was like quite theatrical. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. It was quite nicely designed. Yeah, I, I think that would have been appropriate. <laughs> Is he still hmm. alive? Fair. Fair. So we're getting to that one. So in 2013, he had a stroke which damaged his nervous system and he ended up needing a carer, which came in the form of his younger brother and some hired caregivers. Mm -hmm. He also apparently claimed he regretted his obsessions of his youth. Yeah. I mean, after all, it's so hard to get a job. I bet he regretted it. Yeah. Yeah. Eyebrow raise, eyebrow raise. (laughs) Anyway. On the 24th of November, 2022, which was only a few months ago, at the age of 73, he died in Tokyo Hospital from complications from pneumonia. Phew. Not a huge loss for the world. Wow. Yeah. Fee you. So I just think that's so weird that if you think about it, like less than a year ago, he, he was, was still alive, alive and wandering around in Japan. Yeah. Guys, there are photos of these crimes. I'm not going to be posting them because they are really graphic and like quite disturbing. So I don't recommend you go look them up, but if you do, I'm sure you'll find them. I think some, we will post some photos to our socials, but I'm going to keep it a bit tame. Yeah. So. (laughs) Get them with me because, you know, that's, that's what we do. We like to shock each other regularly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's entertaining. Well, you won. So, yeah, you're you're winning the shock thank value you. for this thank week. You. So thank you very much. Thank Excellent. You, you. Excellent. Yep. And that was the story <laughs> of the cannibal killer, Kang Sagawa. Wow. The international cannibal. Yeah. Mm. I can't believe he ate the feet. You've got me so focused on the feet now. See? The, I mean, the clitoris. That would have been nasty. That, yeah. Well, the feet definitely, but like the clitoris, like that. Really? Seriously? That's, For some that's... reason, the feet disturb me more. Yeah, I it think gave it's me... the little Ugh. toe bones. Ugh. Yeah. Like imagine no. having a tooth in your mouth. And the face, like, oh. like the, the oh. face too. The picture she showed me was I, there was teeth and just... yeah, you, yeah. We don't need to tell them that. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a disturbing mm-hmm. image. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, and the photos are really disturbing, guys. So just um, be really aware of that if you do decide to go and look at them. They are, and they're in black and white. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm not shocked very easily, but I was kind of like, oh, that's 
horrible because it mm-hmm. like once you realize they are real and not hollywood props yeah and they were yeah. fresh too because it was within four days of her being murdered very fresh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so not great but at least he got caught but unfortunately he got you know released for the majority of his life so hmm. and then famous and got to be a restaurant reviewer restaurant reviewer oh i guess yeah i guess he'd be an easy reviewer oh it tastes because well do you do a scale of you know zero to butt (laughs) i don't know like (laughs) where does it sit on the on the scale of (laughs) i was about to make the cheesiest pun but i will refrain myself from that um yeah i just i can't get past the feet the feet disgust me feet are not clean do not eat people's Mm -hmm. feet people well or chicken mm-hmm. feet because that's gross mm-hmm. too sorry guys it is look but we will not you know some of our our listeners might have fetishes that we will not judge so don't eat i'm not okay yeah. with eating i'm like but, don't you know. eat feet no one consents to having you eat their foot no. you can do whatever else you want with the no. foot just don't no. eat the foot we do not eat the foot no we do not and if you feel the need get like the chicken feet thing from the Chinese mm. restaurant yum cha. Oh, so gross. Have you ever had that? Yeah. I have a lot of chickens and I know where their feet go and I would not be putting that in my mouth anytime soon. Like do they get little nail brushes and clean under the nails? No, no, they like you boil them and then all the skin scaly bits come off. They're clean. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. It does make <laughs> me feel a bit yucky, but I have tried it because I was trying to be, you know, adventurous. I guess yeah adventurous is the word like what i did to myself at the the hot pot the other day where i thought i was being clever i was in a very um very beautiful asian um hot pot restaurant that was very authentic and um i got the duck combination it's not duck meat it's not duck meat no it's not it was duck tongue (laughs) duck syrix you know the the quacker and the gizzard no, thank visit. you. And no. it was served mm-hmm. beautifully in little bowls right. on on lettuce leaves, and then you had to like dunk it into the hot pot. That was no. the only only meal that I ordered incorrectly. But oh, look, yeah, now I'm really uncomfortable I, about I live the whole on a talk. Farm. I don't want to talk about and food right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I've got to go cook dinner after this. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I live on a farm. All those bits you just named are what the foxes leave behind when they attacked my ducks. Yeah, the tongue was very tough. Just saying. Oh, you ate yeah. it? Wait, you ate it? Tried to. I was being adventurous. Oh. Was. And the gizzard, okay. very strong flavour. Very chewy. Just no. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't. I just can't. There's certain foods I just can't handle. Yeah, no. No. <sighs> okay. So if you found anything disturbing from this. If you found nothing (laughs) disturbing from this, I'm going to need you to go and speak to someone as well. Yes. Yes. But if you did, if uh, we apologize, if anything was too disturbing, but um, if you feel you need to talk to somebody about it, Beyond Blue has fabulous resources, uh, beyondblue.org.au. And uh, yeah, we do apologize a little bit for creeping you out a bit with this one because I am a little creeped out. And obviously if you know anyone who is trying to eat other people, um, please go ahead and report that to Crime Stoppers. Yes. Until yes. next time, Darklings. Bye, bye, bye. Bye.